Welcome to Fantasy First Friday, a monthly Grant Rant series where I host a tabletop RPG with a rotating cast. Today, I am thrilled to tell you that we are playing God Bless Us Everyone, a brand new RPG created by yours truly and my sister Jenny Nordeen. Playing the game, we will have... My name is Michael, and I will be playing Martha. Yay! My name's Elizabeth, and I will be playing Matthew. Great. I'm Aerie, and I'll be playing Peter. Back again as a Peter character. <laughs> Not a spider this time. Though. Not a spider this time. God Bless Us Everyone is a new twist on the classic Dickens novella, A Christmas Carol. Each player will be playing as one of the Cratchit children. During this game, they'll be forced to make difficult moral decisions. Players have five stats to help influence the type of decisions they'll be making, whether they'll be good or bad. Those stats are pure, charity, dickens, or neutral, greed, and corrupt. Each character also has one unique skill and a unique die they must use. Characters must roll at least a six to succeed in any action they wish to take. Should a player succeed in a pure or corrupt role, they will also garner the attention of the other world. Successful pure decisions will get them a point in God's favor. Successful corrupt decisions will give them a point of dark forces. The higher their points in these areas, the harder or easier certain elements of the game become. In true Dickens style, this game asks you to think about your actions and how they impact you, your community, and the world. Are you all excited? Yes! So excited. Woo, woo, woo. And on that note, We'll begin the story. Imagine a carol of the bells slowly coming up in a swelling form. Our game begins on Christmas Eve. Your father, Bob Cratchit, has yet to return from his day's labor at Marley and Scrooge. It's getting late and there's a slight anxiety in the air, but that anxiety is wildly, and I mean wildly, overshadowed by the sheer excitement of Christmas. We'll begin with Martha, the oldest daughter. Look, I'm not sexist or anything, but this is 1840s London. You're in a Christian home. You're helping mom cook Christmas dinner. But listen, both of the characters you're about to hear are women and they're being played by men. So if anything, this will be the least sexist part of the whole story. Uh, anyway, Emily is your mother and she's uh, talking to you and you're cooking Christmas dinner and she's kind of pointing at a pot going, Dear, would you would you hand me the potatoes for the pot, please? Yes, yes, mother. Here, here's Excellent. the pot. Excellent. Put the pot on the on the fire, not the stove. Almost broke my own rules. And go ahead and roll a Dickens for me to see if you can successfully put potatoes in a pot. Okay, I have a plus one Dickens score. Dickens, of course, being your neutral rules. And I rolled a seven, so that's a total of eight. Excellent. All of the potatoes are in there. Oh, oh my God, this is the best smelling potatoes you've ever had. So I want you to just kind of stir the pot here for me for a little bit and you know, just just keep me company. Your, your father should be home any moment now, but I've been meaning to talk to you about something important. Go on, mother. You're 18 now. You work at a hat shop. You have a, you have a, a steady income. When do you think you'll settle down? I hope very <laughs> soon. I am very old. <laughs> I remember being 18 and meeting your father, and getting married a mere two weeks later. And I just worry that death is coming for us all sooner than we think, you know? <laughs> yes. Our life expectancies are very short Especially in this time and place. in the winter, which it currently is. And we haven't invented central heating yet. 
I'm very worried about the state of the world. Do, do you believe our current Prime Minister of England, Robert Peel, will make good on his promise to repeal the corn laws that restrict our country's imports? I leave those matters to the men. <laughs> A wise answer. <laughs> Next we go to the dinner table. We have two children seated at the dinner table because they're men. They don't have to help cook. Again, not sexist. It's just the way it is. But we have the oldest son, Peter, sitting next to his younger sibling, Matthew. You two have been kind of watching Emily and Martha cook for most of the day. You're hungry. You're tired. You're bored. It's getting late. Dad's not home yet. What are you two talking about? So, Matthew, um, I really think that we should learn how to cook. Because um, I think we should, too. These women work so hard. And what what are these roles? I have like, no idea. I'm kind of so bored just sitting here like, Mom, can I help? With what, dear? Can I, like, mash some, I don't know, sauerkraut? What are we having? <laughs> I guess I should have let you know. I'd like don't... to use a knife. Oh. <laughs> I will do any chopping. All right, all right, oh. all right. I love seeing my children buck gender norms. Um, <laughs> I want to use a knife. Okay, Matthew. Uh, Emily hands you a carrot. God, it's small. It's like a baby carrot. But she's going to have you chop it. Can you roll uh, uh, for, for greed for me to see if you can get into tiny pieces? Of course. So this will be your roll plus whatever your greed stat is. So my roll was a six. Perfect. Plus. My greed is a plus one. Excellent. That's a seven. So you. <laughs> I get to use a knife? You get to use a knife. Hell yeah. The eight-year-old is given a Ooh, knife. Go Matthew. <laughs> so yeah, go ahead. You you chop that carrot into tiny pieces. What's going through your mind as you use a knife for the first time? This feels natural. <laughs> I would like to use it on other things. <laughs> I hope someday I get to. Concerning. <laughs> Ooh, maybe you should put it in your pocket. Ooh, maybe I should put it in my pocket. That's a good idea, Peter. <laughs> Peter, you are given um, what kind of looks like a wooden mallet, but like, you know, if, if it was like a poor person's wooden mallet, I don't know. You're very poor is what I'm getting at. And you're also given like a very small potato. And Emily kind of tells you, can you make a single mashed potato for me? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Go ahead and roll your, your dickens for me. I got a six. Well, a six. Okay, perfect. That's what you need to roll. So you go ahead and smash that potato. What goes through your mind? I am so excited. I'm about to cook so well. Maybe I can go to culinary school. What is culinary school? <laughs> we invented that yet. <laughs> but I'm so ready. So as you're all doing your best to cook what you have, the, the door bursts open. There's, there's snowing outside. It's windy. You've all seen a Christmas film. You know what windy snow looks like. He comes in. It's your father, Bob. He's clutching his hat. He's holding his coat closed. He's slamming the door shut as if the wind himself is pushing against him. And he hangs his hat and his coat on the appropriate rack. And he walks into the dining room table. And boy, howdy, you are all glad to see him. We all love Bob Cratchit. And he's going to take his, his spot at the head of the table. And he's going to say, children, I have... Terrible news. Oh no, Father. What is going on? So as you know, I work for Ebenezer Scrooge, and uh, it's Christmas tomorrow, and I very boldly decided to ask him if I could have Christmas Day off with pay. I don't think it's that absurd a request, and he's been very good to, to hire me and young Peter and keep a roof over our heads, but... What did that fucker say? Language. 
<laughs> Sorry, Dad. I will put your tongue back in the pot. <laughs> what did he say, though? He told me that I had two options. I could either come in on Christmas and be away from my family and God and get paid. Or I could not come in and not receive pay. And as you know, we need that pay for us to live in this home. And if I don't do that, we will be homeless. So I have to work on Christmas. I won't be able to spend the holiday with you. Where is he right now? Scrooge? Well, yes. I imagine he'd be at the office, and then very shortly he'll be heading back to his large estate at the top of the hill, and from there he'll probably slumber, and then tomorrow he'll be in the office, and so will I. Mom gave ask? me a knife. Mom gave you a what? And Emily's like, no, I'm- no, I, I didn't do that. No. Matthew, you and your story, I'll kill you. Oh, Dad, we learned yeah. how to cook today. You did? Well, I suppose that would make sense. We don't have that many women in the home. No matter how hard I tried, we couldn't make a fourth girl. So I, I, the extra help is welcome. Yes, no, this is a good thing. I certainly won't go to hell for this. Wait, so you're not mad? No, I love my children and encourage you to do whatever you want to do so long as it's in God's light. I don't think cooking is that bad of a problem. In fact, why don't we read from the Bible? Boo. <laughs> Every night I suggest this, Matthew, you boo me, and I'm growing concerned for your eternal soul. You're only eight. <laughs> you shouldn't be having these thoughts yet. But whatever. Yet? Do you have them? John 3 tells us. <laughs> what does it tell us? Who knows? I didn't read it, and I didn't prep for it. So we're moving on. Father, I'm so sad to see you have to go to work tomorrow. I, I, I am too, but, you know, it's, it's what we have to do to keep things afloat. Now, if you'll excuse me, I must take your mother upstairs to discuss our options. Is there anything that I can do as your oldest daughter to help you feel more comfortable tonight? No, that, that's quite the request. Suck up. What I just said. But no. Can't wait till you get married. <laughs> children, children, relax. I will handle it. I'm the head of the household. Peter, you don't have to concern yourself with this until my untimely demise. So I'm going to go upstairs, discuss with your mother what we should do next. I will leave you all to your own devices. I'm getting choked up thinking about working, but off I go. So him and Emily skitter upstairs. Don't think about it too much. So you three all now have this devastating news just sitting on your brains. What are you thinking about? What's going on in your brains? All right, um, brother and sister, what time is it now? It's 7 o'clock. So, what time does Dad go to work? 5 o'clock in the morning. Okay, so how many hours do we have? I don't know. I'm the <laughs> only woman. I don't know math. <laughs> Matthew? 10 hours. Okay, we wow. have 10 <laughs> hours to change this. Dad needs to be home with us. I agree. I'm in. Can I bring the knife? Absolutely. <laughs> Hell yeah. You can bring the knife, as a matter of fact. Would you like to know what other options are available to you? Yes. In the home? So, looking around for your little quest, each of you have um, about enough pocket to carry a thing. So here's some other things that are in the Cratchit house. There's the fire poker for the fireplace. It's sharp, it's heavy. It goes by a fireplace. Um, and you have the aforementioned knife currently in Matthew's possession. Probably a done deal there. You have the Bible your dad just read from. Your dad also has a ledger. It's a detailed and thick binder containing the debts of the villagers. And, and every, everyone who owes something is in that book. 
Uh, you have Bob's cloak. Uh, it keeps him warm on cold winter days. It is comically large for any of you. Uh, there's Emily's coat. Um, it looks expensive, but it isn't. Uh, there's Bob's hat. It makes him look important. Uh, there's a broom. There's a candle. Fully loaded with oil just for Christmas. And last but not least, there is a stale loaf of bread. Hard, but still edible. We should consider the book with all the debt so we can further extort people for our benefit. <laughs> This sounds like a something something that Peter should have. Peter, would you like to hmm. ledger? Or does something else catch your eye? Honestly, nothing catches my eye. Oh. Peter's freeballing it. <laughs> Can I bring my mashed potatoes? <laughs> Just the little potatoes you mashed? Absolutely. Yeah, sure, why not? All right, you equip mashed potatoes. I, I will equip the ledger. And you'll take the ledger. Okay. Good call, Martha. Now. Way to listen to your little brother. <laughs> you are my moral superiority. <laughs> True that. Folks, if you ever want to have a good time, make sure you cast a husband and wife to play siblings. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing weird about it at all. <laughs> all right. So you have your items. You have kind of a vague plan, which I believe was do something about this. I'm sure you'll find it as you go, unless you want to discuss that now. So, the situation is that Scrooge is making Dad work on Christmas Day, or else we'll lose our house. And we want him with us on Christmas Day, so we need to figure out some way to make sure that either we get some more money so he doesn't have to go into work, or we convince Scrooge to let him have the day off with pay. We need to figure something else out, and we have 10 hours to do it. And we're going to assume that uh, Bob and Emily just fell asleep when they went upstairs. So, yes, 10 hours. Um, I wanted to bring the potatoes because I know it's a little unlike me, but I've learned a lot from Matthew. Um, <laughs> if he doesn't give us what we want, I'd like to poison him. Good call. <laughs> Are you going to do that? Along the way. Maybe there's a way we can get well, some rat there's, poison. There's raw sewage running through the streets. <laughs> exactly. Night soil has to go somewhere. Exactly. Does Martha know anything about herbs that grow? She would in the know streets? about hats. Yeah, I make hats. I like ribbons and flowers. <laughs> I make bonnets and headpieces. I know lots about those things. <laughs> I like ribbons. Don't you cook? Don't you learn? The real power in cooking? Oh, but of course, I know how to cook. I can make anything taste good, even something that is poisoned. <laughs> that will come in handy. Martha, you know, you don't have to get married. Yeah. What? You, you don't have to. You can just, you can just live with us, man. But, but my role is to be a wife and a mother. <laughs> this is what I've learned with my society and my parents. Who's, okay, so society, parents, of that. Who cares? Oh. Seriously, who this, cares? This is a new thought. Some progressive ass. You brothers. sleep. Well, actually, we'll walk on it. Okay, you'll just think about it. Okay, okay. It'll be okay. You got this, Martha. <laughs> okay, I will try to wrap my mind around this new concept. <laughs> Fantastic. So, I need everyone right now to roll for Dickens. A negative one for Dickens. A negative so one. I got a three. A three total, okay? 
I have a negative one for Dickens, and I rolled a two, so, so I have a, a one. One total, okay. And Martha? I have a two total. Fantastic. So when you, everyone failed their Dickens roll, oh, no. so so once you immediately once you open the door, all three of you immediately crash into a man. It is awkward. It is uncomfortable. It is like, oh wow, I go outside without my parents for the first time, and I bump into a man. Gross. He is dressed in a large hat. He's got a robe. He has a conspicuous white collar on. All of you would immediately recognize this man as Father Benjamin Alter. He runs the nearby church, though it's unclear what branch of Christianity he's ascribed to. Ignore the collar. He just kind of likes all of it. Oh. And he goes, Good heavens, the Cratchits! <laughs> Pardon us, Reverend. I will not! What a mighty fine hat you have on. Oh, thank you. My wife bought it for me. Ooh, at which Mulliner shop? Not yours! Oh, no! <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> I heard that, young man. What are you three doing out in the dead of night at 7.05 p.m. on Christmas Eve? Father, doesn't the devil come out at 6 p.m.? What are you doing out? No, the devil comes out at 3 a.m., which I would know for reasons. <laughs> don't worry about that. <laughs> Please tell me. Um, I, I don't think I want to. <laughs> You're an eight-year-old boy. You shouldn't mean to... Actually, no, roll, roll a greed for me. See if you can persuade him. All right, cool. <laughs> I got a two. A two. So <laughs> his heart gets even harder than before. He's like, no, no, I'm definitely not telling you. The last eight-year-old I confided in really just came around and bit me in the ass. I mean, the butt. I mean, the rear. I mean, no, I'm not telling you. <laughs> that sounds like something you were doing after 3 a.m., and I do not approve, Father. Okay, listen, how about this? If we just promise we didn't see each other, I won't tell on you to your father, even though I love tattling. Deal. I'll keep your butt biting out of it. You keep seeing us out of it. Okay, great. But for, okay, for my own benefit, what are you planning on doing tonight? I won't tell anyone or anything, but I just want to make sure you're fine, because if you three die, it looks bad on the church. Uh, we're fine. We are going to grab some clean snow and melt it for water. Ah, yes. A very normal thing we do here in, in 1843. <laughs> the current year. Uh, we just uh, are stuck with very terrible chores tonight, so if you could just move along. We just really need to get this over with and get back to being just kids. Well, all right. I'll let you just be kids then. If anyone needs me, I'll be doing none of your business. And he struts off down one of three walkways that are immediately in front of your house. They kind of like connect all of town. So there's three in front of you. And there, you, I don't know if any of you know how to get to Scrooge, but there's three pathways. Okay, so siblings, let's put our heads together here. We need to have a plan of what we're looking for. Do we need to um, find Scrooge and find some way to blackmail him? Do we need to go find some poison to kill him? Do we need to come up with some other third idea that I hadn't thought of yet? <laughs> it's either blackmail or murder, honestly. <laughs> we could go to the people who owe him money. Find out what they know, and if that doesn't work, I have a knife. <laughs> and when we talk to everyone, I could just always ask, do you got some poison yesterday? <laughs> so as previously mentioned, there are three kind of roads in front of you, varying degrees of put together. Um, none of you have really tried to go to the rich person part of town, so whatever you want to do from here, good luck. All right, siblings, I have an idea. There's a fine young man that I have come to know recently. His name is Reginald. 
and Reginald lives in a nice middle class area and he's a very nice young man and he's he's looked my way several times and I batted my eyelashes in return and um, I think we should go visit him because his father is a terrible gambler and is frequently at Pimlico Downs racing on or betting on the horses and I know for a fact that he is in debt and maybe we can get some information from him because let's face it Scrooge has the the most money in the area and he tends to be the person that lends the money out so maybe he can give us some information on on what to do next let's do it yeah let's go all right martha um you want to go to the middle class part of town where your your gentleman admirer is yes yes reginald we're going to say that is down way number two the middle road for the middle class <laughs> okay <laughs> so you start walking along this path it's in the center of town it's where the middle class are living um it's kind of like town center. It's it's where people come together to live, congregate, party, gamble, all that fun stuff. Um, it really comes alive at night, though, especially on Christmas Eve. Um, before you even reach anyone's house, though, you're kind of like just making your way downtown. Faces pass, walking faster on your way to Scrooge's place. Um, someone's just kind of like stumbling through the center of town clearly looks inebriated. He is yelling, he is staggering, uh, he's stumbling towards you, he makes eye contact with all three of you somehow, I don't know, eyes are weird. He goes, oh, I move out, I'm a skunk, yeah. I'm a skunk. Hey, you street person. You're a what? What is your name? Well, my name is Cedric New Amsterdam, who fuck you? My name is Martha. Martha? Uh, my name is James. James? I had an uncle named James. He beat me with a turtle. And who are you? My name's Matt. Matt! I also had an uncle named Matt. He married that turtle. They had three beautiful children. Anyway, I'm trying to make my way through town. Do you have any business with me? Because you keep looking at me, and I'm quite fetching, I know, but you can't just keep staring at a man. Your last name was New... New Amsterdam, all one word. So I'm quickly rifling through the ledger, and sure enough, his name is on there. Sure, And sure. good God, he owes a lot of money. Sure, why not? How much? How much does he owe? Um, what's our currency? Pounds. Pounds? Okay. Pounds and whatnot, shillings. A hundred pounds. That's a lot of pounds. <laughs> Oh, no. It's a lot of money. It's quite the quite the loan shark, old Cedric. Uses it for drink. I definitely plan for that. <laughs> All right, so we're giving each other knowing glances here. We know that he is up to his up, he's in debt, up to his eyeballs. He's struggling. He's clearly inebriated. Um, what should we do? What a question. What should you do with that information? Hey, Cedric. Oi. Why do you owe so much money to Scrooge? Oh, what the fuck? Why do eight-year-olds know my business? Oh, if you must know, I'm very honest, I'll just tell you. <laughs> it's in my character notes. I got the ass answer whatever I'm asked. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm in such debt because I love drinking. You shouldn't know about that yet, but it's my favorite thing. My two, there's my three favorite things. I like drinking, I like walking around at night, and I love the ballet. <laughs> 
So when you've been out doing drinking, yeah, and ballet, mm, I don't do the ballet. You can see well, watching the ballet. Ah. Have you ever seen Scrooge? Oh, the time. Do you, do you know any information about him? He doesn't smell good. That's I, it. I mean, That's all I'm, you know. So I go, I go uh, to 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 Bob Marley and Scrooge all the time, and like you know, I go in there, say Scrooge, and he'll come and say, "Wet me whistle." And Scrooge's like, oh, blah, humbug, here's fucking money. And then I leave. And then I sort of stumbling around and people are like, oh, well, I was Scrooge today. And I go, he's mean as usual. But I will tell you, I will tell you, I came in one time, but I don't think he was expecting me because so few people expect all centric. And uh, he kind of had his hand in this jaw, like a big, big old green jaw. And he seemed to be really struggling, hoisting up a pickle, me thinks. It's a weak man trying to carry one little pickle, and he's like, oh, I'm old. So I barge in, like, what's up with the jar? And he says, fuck you, and then I got five pounds, and I went down to the tracks, and I bought a beer. So, what you're telling us is that he's really weak. So fucking weak. Okay. I'll bet, I'll bet, what's your, your mat, right? Yeah. Yeah, you could probably, like, push him over, he'd fall. Hmm, that's good info. And you're sure it was a pickle? It wasn't any... Well, I mean, Florally I mean, looking bud type uh, green stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, it could be a cucumber. It could be like a green hot dog. It was phallic shaped. It was That's what you know. It was definitely cylindrical. <laughs> Looked like me nan. Your nan is phallic shaped? Yeah, well, she used to be me pa. Now she's me nan. She's got a big green <laughs> pickle chop. It's cool. I'm good. I'm good with... People bucking their rolls. So. Yeah, I love bucking too. <laughs> he kind of gets on all fours and starts kicking his legs backwards like a horse. <laughs> well, Cedric. I think we got some good info from you, Cedric. We'll um, let you go on your way. We'll quit um, staring right, at this you. This whole conversation made me too sober. I'm going to go drink some more. He turns back around and heads the opposite direction towards where the drinking was, I would assume. <laughs> So that's a little sad. <laughs> okay, so we gained some information. We know that uh, Scrooge is very weak. And that apparently the whole town owes him money. Yeah. I would say that's a good a thing to pull from there. Do you want to keep walking down this road? Let's keep walking. All right. So you're looking for your your your, oh, your gentleman caller's house. Reginald. Reginald, thank you. Last name, Longbottom. Reginald Longbottom. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> and so you're, you're walking down that pathway. And you see Reginald's house, but it looks different than you've ever seen it. For one, all the lights are on. It's bright. There's a loud thumping music coming from there. Loud laughter coming out of that house. If you didn't know any better, you'd say there's a pretty happening party going on at the Longbottom establishment. And you also see Cedric New Amsterdam stumble back in there, and then not five moments later fall out of a different window. <laughs> He, he's on one tonight. So, what is our goal here tonight? What are, what are we trying to do? At, at what kind of information are we actually wanting? Are we wanting to find a place where place where Scrooge is. We can poison him. Do we want to find some information about his life so we can blackmail him? Or, like, what are we looking for? Let's let's make a plan before we go inside. I think we want to know how to get there, but also information doesn't hurt. Knowledge is power. So none of us know where Scrooge lives, even though he lives on top of the hill. Doesn't, don't you work for him, Peter? Can't you take us there? Okay. 
I know I'm 15, <laughs> but maybe dad sometimes lets me drink hot oatmeal and I get to just, you know, he carries me while I'm sleepy, guys. <laughs> the morning's a little blurry. Yes. Hey, I get it. You drink the hot well, oatmeal? Well, you know where the office is. You just don't know where his, his townhouse is. Exactly. Okay. Not many people visit the Scrooge Manor. Okay. It it, lo- it it looms ominously over the town, but getting there is a whole ordeal. <laughs> okay. So there's like a, a winding pathway to get there. Yeah. Yeah. You could almost say there's like one of three pathways to okay. get there. Okay. But we're already going down the middle. And there's a, there's a pretty happening party where your 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 boothang lives. Okay. And uh, other than, unless you don't want to go to the party, you can just keep going down the pathway. I'm pro learning info so we can extort him oh. for an option to get dad out. But if that doesn't work, I'm pro murder. This is. This is oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm sorry so for really, that. So, extortion or murder is our plan. Okay. Okay. Yes. And we yeah, but extortion go first because we're, well, you know, I'm eight. It's a little early to start my murder <laughs> profession. Right. But I'm not against and it. And really, we want to make sure that dad still has a job. If we murder Scrooge, maybe he won't anymore. Oh, yeah. Good There's thinking, Martha. I've danger. never thought of that. There is always that danger. Consequences. Something I'm so unfamiliar with as my young <laughs> male self. <laughs> Being well, a young white the age male. of accountability, so you should know by now. Just barely. <laughs> Although we know how to cook now. We can start a restaurant. I think we'll be fine. I as can cut as... carrots. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can mashed carry potatoes. Mata- mashed potatoes. I can boil water. Exactly. I-, I think we'll be fine. Okay, but let's go in. Great. Who wants to knock on the door? Well, I'm far too embarrassed. I cannot do it. <laughs> I got this shit. Sick. Roll the corrupt roll for me. Ah, uh, yeah. I got something real dastardly in there. <laughs> Ooh, I got a seven. That's plus a ten, baby. Plus three. Oh, yep. Hell yeah. Okay. So not only do you knock on the door, Matthew, somehow you know this party has a secret knock, and by gum, do you know the knock? This came to you in a vision. And <laughs> someone opens the door. And uh, this person's name is Reginald Longbottom. And he's like, ah, the Cratchits. Didn't think we'd see the likes of you at this kind of party, Martha. I'm blushing. So I can see that. Are your cheeks red from the cold or from the sight of me? I'm far too embarrassed to say. Ah, and I see you've brought your younger brothers to this kind of party. Oh, you know. All's fair, I suppose. What's this type of party? Ah, what are you well, about? if you will please take a look at the stool to my right, you'll see a bowl full of keys. <laughs> oh, snap. This is <laughs> way more grown up than I was anticipating. Uh, Martha, you really just need to be by yourself. You have yeah, terrible I'll judgment. go in by myself. See, I should go in by myself? No, no. Martha, no. <laughs> I really like this guy. Uh, no. Martha. <laughs> I've never gotten it wet. No. Now is not the time yes. with your eight-year-old brother hanging there out with you. There are several others besides me here of all sorts of ages, genders, colors, sizes. I'm pro all of that for <laughs> consenting adults. Yeah, I'm an eight-year-old boy. 
I'm not there yet, but two years I'll be 10 and I'll be consenting (laughs) like hell. Yes. Sometimes you have to come to these parties and you have to bring the kids. We have a play area for them. Oh, they're away from all the less Reginald, can you just stop talking because you're giving me a headache. I am Fair so enough. cold. I'm outside. You haven't even invited us in. Are so you if you're trying to get with my sister, can you at least be kind? You know what? You can you wow, okay. Can you roll a charity roll for me? That was really good. <laughs> a four. Plus, plus one? Yes, yeah, so five. A five, okay. So Reginald kind of like eyes you and is like, I don't like being spoken to that way by people younger than me, but it's Christmas. So listen, I'm going to turn my back and do whatever the hell it was I was doing before the door was knocked. You mean whoever the hell you were doing? Listen, I'm trying. It's hard, okay? You, You come on too strong and then people get freaked out and they think you're a swinger. And listen, I can't swing if I don't have a partner. I'm just trying to be cordial, and I'm really upset this is my dad's party. Anyway. Oh, Reggie, it's fine. Thank you, Matthew, who I have prior knowledge of <laughs> due to our conversations at the hattery. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go do my thing. The door's open. It's warm inside. It's cold outside. Do what you will with that information. I'm going to go talk to some dignitary. All right, let's go in. Let's find Reginald's father. Um, Dungeon Master, I forget your father's name. What is it? Chorby. Chorby. Yes, let's go visit (laughs) Chorby Longbottom. Chorby is his name. So welcome to the party. Yeah. Uh, You see a small sign at the entrance. It says, all are welcome for Christ is born. But for some reason, you feel like that phrase is partially sarcastic. You, you notice a decorative bowl of keys by the stool. There is a band playing sounds your ears have never heard. Ooh, that new classical sound as established in the 1840s. Don't Google it. There are dozens of people drinking, dancing, laughing, whispering sweet nothings. Oh, baby, this is clearly the party of the season, and you find yourselves in the middle of it. Lots of people to find. I'll, I'll describe a few of them by looks alone, because none of them look familiar. Uh, you see... Uh, a, a young woman, but clearly an adult woman, kind of eyeing what seems to be everyone in the room. Uh, there is a large man dressed in a sailor's outfit. Uh, there is a young child kind of sitting against the wall playing with a, a dreidel. <laughs> there is um, a very nervous man kind of towards the center of everything. There is a person who looks a lot like Reginald if he was older and taller and handsomer. And then there's a very, very old man looking very, very sad and drowning his sorrows in a bottle of whiskey. I think that old guy that looks like Reggie is his dad. Let's hit him up. Okay, let's do that. Fantastic. So you walk up to that man, and he sounds like this. Hello. What can I do you for? Are you Chorby? Aye, yes, I am Chorby Longbottom. That's my name. My father named me that. My His father named him that. And I named my son Reginald because I hate my dad. <laughs> Charby's a stupid name. This is a beautiful party. Thank you. I throw it every year at Christmas. I like to think of it as like, you know, let's get all the sin out of the way in case Christ comes back tomorrow. That way, clean slate. Ooh, I like the way you think. <laughs> right? It makes perfect sense. You sin now. You repent at midnight. 
They all go home, and then Christ is born. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I've, I've cheated God. <laughs> it's a beautiful spread. The beautiful food. Is, is, that a, is that a stuffed goose? It is a stuffed... Well, it's something goose. Times are hard in 1840s. Normally, I get a goose, but this one's just a bunch of pigeons I've kind of smushed together in one large shape. So, back to cheating God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> My favorite topic. How would you cheat Scrooge? Oh, Ebenezer Scrooge, he's almost cheat proof. I suppose if you really wanted to ruin him, what you'd have to do is either A, kill him. <laughs> you know, you, you he, there's a rumor going around that he keeps all of his hard-earned money in his house in some kind of secret room. Um, I don't know if I necessarily believe that. It doesn't seem very convenient or smart to keep things in there. Um, very lonely man. You could probably tempt him with some female company or male company, you know. Christ comes back tomorrow, sin today, all that fun stuff. Um, you know, you know I, the, I've also humored the thought of, you know, if you have debt with him, why not just burn all his books? Make him forget. But, you know. Just a few things I thought about. Okay, I'm whispering to you guys now. So, I don't know what you guys feel, but maybe an option could be we kill and rob him. <laughs> like take all of his money and we become rich? Yeah. And because oh. that's going to be out of a job. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and that we does. can give wealth to everyone that's in your book. That's a good idea. We could... We could... We could like distribute the wealth from the rich to all the poor people. Yes, I I love this idea. And it will improve London as a whole. Yes, and, and then all those people, rather than being toiling under debt, can now plant flowers and have and have gardens and and serve each other and help each other out. Yeah, I'd love to also build a culinary school because I'm really liking this cooking thing. <laughs> so that mashed potato really triggered something inside you. It really woke something in Peter. Okay. We um, can give it away as mutual aid. So what you're saying is that we need to find a way into his house to steal all of his stuff. Yes. Okay, I have an idea. Okay. Okay, now we, we pull back and actually we're talking to uh, Chorby, is that right? Yeah, Chorby. Kind of rude in your own conversation while talking to me, but I'll forgive it. I mean, we're like so young, so like you can chill out. Sure, sure, Mr. Sure. Longbottom. Yes. Um, That man over there, that sad old man. Yes. Drinking whiskey. Yeah. Um, Forgive me, but is that Mr. Scrooge's butler? It's not. Very astute assumption, though. Mr. Scrooge's butler was very old, but he died. Oh, well, <laughs> That's a, that is a different man. Uh, who is that man? Well, you know, he calls himself Martin. He hasn't introduced himself beyond that. He's he's from the States, and he's just been there for, like, weeks. Before the party started, he just knocked on my door and said, Please, sir, I need a place to stay. I must avoid persecution. And I'm like, well, who am I <laughs> to not offer that to you? I think we should talk to Martin. Want to talk to Martin? All right. Mr. Well, Longbottom, thank you for letting us come to your party. It's oh, very yeah. beautiful. So I will, welcome. I love the children. Yes, we will go get some refreshments and, and enjoy your your, uh, your your holiday cheer. Fantastic. Yeah, thanks, dude. You're, you're, well, a new word. <laughs> I like it. He goes up to the band and says, put the word dude somewhere in your music, please. <laughs> so you walk up to Martin. And he kind of like half notices you. 
kind of half looks at his drinks and goes, Can I, what, what, what do you want? Stop looking at me. I don't like it when people look at me. I hear you're from America. Yes, I'm from America. Tell me about it. It's a cruel place. You try to do your best to serve the people and make the right decisions and declare war on the right people and then they just vote you out for no I mean or whatever, you know, it's not a big deal what they do to you. They just hypothetically they vote you out of the job you were supposed to have for eight years and then they decide oh, four is enough. Martin. Yeah, that really sucks. Like who cares? Right. You're fine. Martin, what's your last name? It's Van Buren. <laughs> Former president, recently ousted by William Henry Harrison, who died in office a month into it. But no one talks about that until, like, well, at least the old guy's gone. No, no, yeah, sure, presidents should definitely need to stay alive. And I'm good at that. Oh, so you're the president of this new country. Was. Uh, give me a witty anecdote of your time in office. Good God, I'm Martin Van Buren. I don't do wit. I don't do anecdotes. What I do is I drive the natives further west, and then everyone's like, oh, you can't do that, but I want to. It's fun. It's fun to do that. I mean, uh, tons of people follow your lead after, I'm guessing. <laughs> they might. There's a very strong possibility. But, you know, I, I just wasn't hip enough for them, I suppose. <laughs> Everyone just thinks I'm some Jackson disciple, and I'm not. And maybe that's why they didn't like me. I'm... <laughs> so, what? Do you, how do you know uh, Chorby? I don't know Chorby, but I do know Ebenezer Scrooge, and and he told me that Chorby just lets everyone come in here and do whatever they please. So, here I am. Oh, how do you know Ebenezer Scrooge? Oh, we both extort people for money. Oh, <laughs> oh, interesting. So you have uh, people you know, some dark secrets about them. Yes, the, most of the people I know have dark secrets in America, but I know a thing or two about Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh, sure. oh. Um, so, um, Martha, flirt with him. We're whispering. <laughs> okay. Um, Use your feminine wiles. Oh, no. You don't have to get married. Dungeon Master. But you can cat around. I? I have a question for the Dungeon Master. See. So, um... I can use my womanly wiles mm-hmm. to influence somebody, plant an idea in someone's head. I sure can. Um, how, what's the mechanism of that? The mechanism of that is if there's something that you specifically need that character to physically do, Martha can convince them however she deems fit to do that with. But she has to pass a very high role, depending on if it's a, a, a moral decision or an immoral one. Sir... Yes. What, what do I what do I call an American American former president? Do I call you sir? Do I call her? Do I call you former president? Do I call you president? Oh, what's God. what's your preferred form of address? My preferred form of address is Mister President, but I suppose now everyone calls me former, and he takes a shot of whiskey. <laughs> okay, Mister President. Yes. I'm so happy to have met you, and we um, we are very interested in Mister Scrooge. He's a very iconic figure in our in our area. And I'd, I'd like to know um, some information about him. And um, uh, the information specifically is I would like to know some maybe dirt you have on him. And so, uh, Dungeon Master, I am trying to plant something in his head 
to it makes him want to say something makes him feel nasty makes him, yeah reeling it like the nastiest thing all right offer so you... him your dirt for his dirt your lady dirt <laughs> my night soil <laughs> yeah your night I soil i don't know if he'd be interested in my night soil night soil <laughs> for the planting <laughs> yes i sluice that out of our window every morning is one of my chores Jesus i don't think Christ. he'd be interested in my night soil matthew well, I know you don't know, do that chore yourself, and I do it because I'm the woman of the house. <laughs> but I don't think anyone is interested in that. Okay, Martha, like, can you get it together? Yes, okay. Like, listen, here's what you got to do. You got to make sure you tell him, oh, I hate tea. <laughs> I only like genocide. <laughs> Um, I only believe in whiteness. Um, I wish Some that Martin presidents. Email me and be like, That's wrong. I wish that presidents can serve until they die. <laughs> like, get some. Come on, we get the hey. news. You, you can think of something. If you wish to make him very loose with presidential caliber information you'll need to roll a dice this okay. will be a uh, agreed roll I'm prepared and you have to beat a 10 leave night soil out of it <laughs> yeah, the you... night soil's on the table Martha you can do better <laughs> he okay. is a president I rolled a 6 any plus or minuses? no Okay. Um, well I do have a rather pleasant bosom how many <laughs> How many points does that give me? I don't have a bosom stat, unfortunately. Uh, wait, so, what? Those are usually, like, worth five. So I'll say this. For a six, um, Martin Van Buren, <laughs> the former president, um, kind of looks at you and says, I am sworn by my character to not disparage those in power. <laughs> Although, if one were to, I don't know, Really get me sloshed. I've been a little known to be loose-lipped in that caliber. So, I mean, if any of you want to drink me under the table, I don't know why I'm just so forthcoming with that information. I just trust you all. <laughs> you seem nice. Peter, mm -hmm. let's go get some booze. <laughs> let's do it. Great. Drink, drink off. A drink off. Um, there's a bar. It's run by a person. You can go talk to that person. Ooh, let's do it. If we walk over to the bar, talk to the person... Uh, and, and I say, hello, good sir. Hello. What is your name? That's, that's a strange question to ask the barkeep. No one ever asks me my name. They just come and say, three whiskey shots, please. And I go, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I am Thomas Stepson. Hey, Thomas Stepson. Yes. If you were in a drink-off, what would be the handicap for an eight-year-old? Oh, well, I mean, It's legally... like golf, right? <laughs> I gotta have a handicap. I I'm would imagine. You're, okay, so you're eight- um, do you have any particular leanings towards good or evil? I mean, <laughs> I could be persuade towards the evil, probably. Quicker. Have you ever, like, stolen liquor from, like, your mummy or your daddy? I mean, who hasn't? <laughs> he, like, gives you a fist bump. <laughs> Solid. Are you the Sherry Bandit? <laughs> Am I the Sherry No, ba Matthew, are you stealing mom and dad's Sherry? Hey, mind your own business right now, Martha. <laughs> Martha, sometimes you can be such a square. Uh, Matthew, can you roll a corrupt roll for me? 
Definitely. <laughs> I think underage drinking is a corrupt thing. <laughs> I got a five plus three, which would be an eight. Oh, man, this bartender's really into what you're selling him. So he's like, okay, listen, little dude, listen, little dude. Normally, have you heard this new word, by the way? It's dude. It's like making, making his rounds for this party. So little dude. I'm a beach bum now. I'm into it. So, I'm not normally into giving eight-year-olds alcohol, but I don't think under your gym, you're, you're a little fucking nuts. So I'll tell you what. I would say you're handicapped for every drink you take. Cause you, you've got some experience with Sherry, it sounds like, right? Definitely. Everyone's favorite woman, Sherry. <laughs> right. <laughs> he kind of like nudges your elbow with his elbow. Wink, wink, say no more. I could make it so, like, if you're trying to, like, drink with someone, their drink could be, like, even stronger than yours, and they could just be, like, gone, you know? <laughs> Let's do it. Fucking yeah, I've always wanted to do this. So, like, dives into his little bar area, like, knocking things over. He moves a shotgun out of the way. Every barkeep needs a shotgun. You have to protect the Stepsons. So, he pulls out four bottles. He takes two of them and he pours them into one and then he hands the two now full bottles to you. Because of how science works, and I'm not going to bother explaining it further, one drink is now stronger than the other one. Good luck, dude. Thanks, Stepson. <laughs> so welcome. And then Thomas turns around and a spider jumps on his face. But you're not concerned of that. You're concerned of Martin Van Buren. <laughs> Okay, Martha, here's what you and I need to do. While Matthew is drinking, you and I need to really hype up former president. Every time he takes that one drink, we have to make him believe like, oh, it's nothing. You can do it faster. Let's just get him drunk faster so we can get this over with. Okay, deal. (laughs) Uh, Children, you've returned to mock the former man who was in charge of everything. No mocking, sir. Oh, cool. Mr. President. Thank you. Oh, we I like you. admire you. Oh my gosh, you're looking amazing. You know, I'm you know, I'm only fifty-seven. Genocide looks good on you. I, I've been saying Thank you for saving that nation from those terrible savages. I wish <laughs> I could live in America. You all are very kind. Would you like I don't know, my signature on something? Why well, yes. Here, will you sign my handkerchief? Pull it out of my my, my long sleeve. He blushes. Pull it out. It's it's clean and fresh and white, and they hand it over to you. Great. He kind of like looks around for a pen and doesn't find one, so he kind of just like takes out a small little like pin from his suit coat that he never bothered taking out when he first got it. He like pricks his finger and he goes, "This doesn't have to do. You have my blood now." And he writes, "Martin V." In blood. In blood. Oh, thank you, sir. You're thank you, very sir. welcome. So, um, we brought you a little uh, gift of, of goodwill. Liquor. And um, here, here. Matthew, give Great. me the drinks. Okay, Matthew. Here you go. We're going to have a drink off. I'm eight. I bet you can take me. Ooh. But let's do it. I've never had a drink off with a child. Well, all's fair on Christmas Eve, I suppose. You're going to do amazing. All right, so, Matthew. You're going to drink off with Martin Van Buren. This is where I thought this game would go for sure. That'll be a corrupt roll again. And I'm going to bust out my dice to see if Martin Van Buren beats you. Martin, you were amazing. I can't wait to move to America. I'm going to be president just like you. 
Wow. You are my role model. That'll be hard to do considering you're from England. Okay, you're right. I'm so sorry. I'm just 15, but do you want to be my dad? <laughs> I don't think my wife would appreciate that. All right, well, at least now you know that you're awesome. What's your role for me, Matthew? I rolled a 10. Fantastic. Martin with a 2. So, Martin Van Buren takes a shot, you take a shot. He is already feeling it. He takes a second shot, you take a second shot. And he's like, I'm... Oh, no. Hey, may I, may I um, do something really quick? Yeah. So I, I stand up on a stool on the chair next to the table that Martin's sitting at. And uh-huh. I turn to the room of the revelers. And I, I, I speak loudly, kind of yelling. and say, everyone, look at this amazing American. <laughs> he is so good at being an American. Woo! Oh, my God. And I cannot believe how good he is at drinking alcohol. Everyone... Three cheers to Martin Van Buren. Roll a green for me. Woo! Yeah, let's see what the crowd is like. Oh, I got an 11. An 11? Oh my god, have you ever been to an ACDC concert in the 80s? The the 1880s? (laughs) Well, it's that. It's loud. It's ruckus. Everyone's like, oh my god. They start moshing around Martin Van Buren. President! President! (laughs) The sailor like punches someone. So yeah, Martin Van Buren is now thrashed. He is taking his shirt off. It is old and gross. And he is just like, you want to know my least favorite thing about Ebenezer Scrooge? He ain't ever gotten a wet. He starts cheering. That is so lovely and loyal. He's always calling me, but oh, fuck you, Scrooge. You know what I don't like about him? He called me fat. Like, I'm a garbage dude. I know what I don't like about him. Here's what I don't like about him. That is terrifying. Three things. He hates ghosts. He hates children. But most importantly, he hates himself. You want to get to his house? I am out of here. Finally, he doesn't have a dog. He doesn't have a butler. No one lives in that house. Oh, he's so rich, he buy anyone in the world, he can have AIDS, but no, he's like, I want to be a little problem. And then he faints. For the record, Martin, now that you're passed out, fucking hate genocide. You suck. <laughs> you suck so bad, I never hey, want to be like can you. Can you the charity roll for that one? <laughs> I just want to see a little crowd reaction to your little statement there. Ooh, a seven. Another seven. Man, you're killing it. So the crowd agrees with you, and they start hoisting you in the air, like, all oh, hail the child who drank a president to death. <laughs> they also hate genocide and calling indigenous people savage. It's fucking yesteryear. I think we need to look around and see who's going to help me get poisoned. Because now we know he's really horny. Martha, I am so sorry. I promise we will do good by you when we have money. You won't need a man. What are you referring to? Well. Your dowry. (laughs) If all else fails, you can just say, Scrooge, please have some of my potatoes. Wink, wink. How many euphemisms for... (laughs) I don't get the reference. You can hold them in your bosom. Oh, I get that reference. Um, 
Not last resort. We just... We just need some poison, man. So what you're saying is that I will be a lure to get us into Scrooge's graces. With my Martha, fi- my I am so sorry. Wiles. You will have the biggest cut of our okay. treasures. I accept. All right, so it's still it's very much across town. I don't know where exactly his house is. Can we find somebody here at the party who knows where he lives and maybe can give us a ride? Would you yeah. like a refresher on who your party guests are? Uh, please. Great. Um, the ones you haven't spoken to. You have um, the adult young woman who has been eyeballing everyone here suspiciously. Uh, you have the sailor, and you also have the very nervous man. Okay, let's go speak with somebody else. Let's go speak with the woman eyeballing everyone. Great. So you walk on up to her, and she turns around. Oh, she's gorgeous, ravishing. Whatever your type is in your mind, there she is. I'm not describing her. <laughs> and, and she turns around, and, and you can almost hear birds singing, and she goes, hello. <gasps> okay, I'm going to whisper to Martha. I'm Martha? I'm listening. What if we don't use you as bait anymore? <laughs> what if this. we use her as bait? <laughs> she can join our party. We'll give her a cut of the funds? Absolutely. Oh, let's do it. Okay, let's okay. do it. Hello, friends. Hello, madame. Hello. I recently put something in my mouth that made me feel really good. Ooh. And I'm just floating on air. It's like I got a kiss from Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Was it a uh... passionate, Christ-like kiss? <laughs> with tongue or without? Oh, with. Definitely with tongue. That puts a whole new flavor on the passion of the Christ. Yes. Also puts a new flavor on the putting his body in your mouth. Anyway. <laughs> Guys, I feel really uncomfortable in my pants. <laughs> Madame, what, what? Ladies and Peter's first boner. <laughs> um, I'm just going to go sit right here. <laughs> need to sit. Peter, um, Peter, what is that tumescence in your trousers? I, I, I'm just gonna sit here while you guys talk to her, okay? okay. I can't hey. even look at you. Uh, uh, hello. <laughs> what was your name, madame? Ah, hello. My name is Anita Handy. Anita. <laughs> Dungeon master, please describe uh, more about Anita's appearance. What is she wearing? Oh God, what is what isn't she wearing? Um, <laughs> uh, imagine like you know when you watch like titanic or pride and prejudice all that kind of stuff and you see like the big ball scene or the masquerade and everyone's all dressed fancy i'm talking like long floor length blue dress radiant white gloves just the hint of some boobies poking out you know like like you see in the movies and and again physically your type you listening to this and in this game whatever your type is there she is (laughs) I guys, I I'm down. I I can't even stand up. <laughs> okay. Uh Miss Miss or Mrs. Handy? Miss. Oh. Miss and Handy. are you a Miss or a Mrs.? I am. My name is is Miss Martha Cratchit. This oh. is my my embarrassed brother Peter Hello. and my youngest yeah. sibling Matthew. <laughs> and we are on an errand on this Christmas Eve to mm. help our very poor and ailing parents make Christmas special for our family. I 
love that. Yes. And what a noble endeavor you're on. You are as kind as you are beautiful. Oh, why, thank you. <laughs> Anita, I'm just going to cut it yeah. straight to the point. Oh. How do you feel about sticking it to rich people? Oh, just the best. Oh, so my, we my, got the best job for you. My father is a lawyer, but like a tax lawyer. And his whole job is suing tax collectors. So you could say I get my rocks off to it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Peter is over here having a whole experience. He's becoming a man. <laughs> That's what happens, kids, when you become a man. You can't talk to girls anymore. <laughs> so, Miss Handy, um, yes. I, I love that you want to stick it to rich people. Mm. And we have um, an issue with the richest person in town. Ebenezer, Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh, you know him? Who doesn't know Ebenezer Scrooge? Oh, what? That old miser with his stupid little nose and his dumb little catchphrases. Oh, yes. He's so awful. Have you had experiences with him before? Oh, of course. We've taken him to task many a time. Sometimes we win. Sometimes we fail. I must say, ever since he lost his business partner, he's just been a piece of shit to deal with. So you hate him? Oh, absolutely. Everyone hates Ebenezer Scrooge. So, uh, come over to, there's this little empty corner of this room. Come over and talk to me oh. uh, where no one else can hear. I have a proposal. Oh. I think okay. you might a like. A proposal? Yes. I did. Uh, I think. We, we very much dislike Mr. Scrooge, and we have been hatching a plan this evening to kill him and steal, steal all of his money. Um, but we need some help. Um, mm. If we cut you in to the pot, would you be interested in helping us out? Roll a charity for me. Ooh, 15, baby. 15? Whoa! Okay, so that's the highest you can get in this game, actually. That is an immense success. So, Anita Handy, it's a a flash in her mind. She's seven years old. Ebenezer Scrooge is coming to her school for show and tell. We don't know why. He's just there. He shows all the money he's taken from everyone's family and lists all the debts of everyone's dads. And she can feel herself boiling inside. She goes back home. She storms in. She yells at her dad for going into debt. Her dad immediately goes to law school. And now he's a lawyer. And now Anita's all grown up. And she flashes forward. And all of these memories are boiling back to the top. And she sees you. And she's she's, 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 she's red. She's furious. She's attracted. She's, oh, she's like, I am so fucking into that <laughs> oh this is the best news i've heard all night thank you we're, we're gonna go to his house and um we'd like to use your extreme beauty to get us into his home to lower his defenses we can act as your servants or your retinue of some sort and um and get into his home i will be happy to assist in any way i can and i assume you will be there oh absolutely fantastic all right Welcome to the party, Anita Handy. All right. All right, everyone. We need to find... I still need poison. What happened for? Um... Are we going to poison him or stab him? <laughs> I love this interpretation. Um, we, we have a backup plan for stabbing, so poison. Okay. And we can, we can, we can poison the mashed potatoes you still have mm-hmm. in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can I just uh, use a lifeline? Can I go um, talk to the uh, bartender that really liked Matthew? Yeah, um, He's so cool. He'll help yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll know something. Good old Thomas steps in. So you're back at the bar. All right, Matthew. 
What? Who? Go ask to see if he has maybe some liquor, some like expired eggs, something that can literally just kill this man. And we need something fast, like 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 high proof alcohol, like hundred percent alcohol, mm-hmm. something or other that we can just like inject into his veins or some somehow. Okay, I got it. The root potatoes. Root potatoes. Sweet potatoes. All right. So you're going to the bar, Matthew? Yes. What's up, little dude? It's me, the guy whose voice I can't decide on. What's up, dude? Steps in. Dude, steps. I'm gonna change my name to dude. It's a good word. What can I do for you? So, if you were to want to take care of somebody, oh well, I guess I'd have for to at him. least a day, but maybe eternity. Oh. I haven't decided. Like in... What kind of ingredient would you use, and do you have it behind the bar? So you're not meaning, like, in the eternal life sense. You're meaning in, like, the, the, the eternal reward sense. I'm open to either. Okay, well, eternal life sense, I'd be like, well, first I take her on a nice date, get to know her a little bit, and I say, hey, baby, I'm a bartender. I can take care of you forever. No, my brother meets death. Get to it. Uh, shit, Okay. <laughs> All right, so it's a kill a man. <laughs> um, roll for corrupt. No, I got an eight. And yeah, okay, you and I are like simpatico all the time. I do have something I can. Peas do. in a pod. Peas in a pod. Let's do it, Buddy dude. Cops. He he dives back under his thing, you know, glass shattering, all that fun stuff. And what he pulls out is a purple bottle, see through, it's full of a green liquid. And he goes, I don't know what the fuck this is. I'm not going to lie to you, but what I do know is I saw the bartender before me try it to see what to mix it with, and that dude never came back to work. I think he's pretty much dead. We'll take it. You got it. Excellent. He just slams it on the bar here for you. Um, I guess it's an open bar, so you can have it. Dude, you are the best. Dude, you're the best. I'm going to tell my dad about you. I can't wait. Great. He just goes downstairs and goes, hey, dad. There's a cool kid up there, and the dad says, shut up, Thomas. All right, so I, 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 I'm I, overhearing the conversation. I pick up the, the bottle, I pull the stopper off, and I bring it to my nose to give it a sniff. Oh, what I wouldn't do smell, that. What does it smell like? Oh, dude, you have, okay, it smells, here's a few smells that you can smell. At first, you're like, oh, grapes, and then you're like, oh, rotten grapes, and then you're like, oh, rotten eggs, and then you're like, oh, that smell I smelled when dad had dysentery and miraculously survived. But at first, it smells like fresh grapes. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like nice, and then the longer it sits in there, it gets okay. worse and worse and worse. Okay. So it sounds like we just need to mix it up at the very last second. Yeah. Maybe when, um, you know, we're there with... Um, mm-hmm. um, with who, dear? Um, and then uh, <laughs> we mix it, and then we go. <laughs> Great. So you have a poison. You have... A hot girl, and you have uh, Martin Van Buren's salacious information. Okay, now uh, all we need is a ride slash directions on how to get to Scrooge's house. Oh, so. I can get you to Scrooge's house. Should we? Can we walk, or do yeah, we need to get a ride? Yeah, we can walk. We've gone there all the time. We have to give him the papers with the suing and such. We can just jaunt right up there. Okay. As long as you're okay with walking up a hill. Oh, please lead the way. I shall. Oh, she sashays back and forth as she saunters up that hill. She escorts you out of the party. 
Cedric New Amsterdam is covered in snow outside. <laughs> he has not been moving. I'm sure it's fine. And uh, she takes you up the rest of the walkway up to the base of the hill at Scrooge Manor. Um, very large gate in front of it. But as you remember from Mr. Van Buren, no guards, no dogs, barely even a lock. Well, I think what we got to do is just play it straight, go up to the door. I think Anita Handy will, her beauty will take care of the rest. Are you suggesting I am so beautiful I can move doors? Well, I just believe that if, when he answers the door, whoever will, will immediately see your beauty and will ah, pretty much do whatever he wants. Ring the bell is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. All right. Anita rings the bell. No answer. She rings it again. No answer. She rings it a third time and goes, Yoo-hoo! <laughs> and there's no answer, but a large gust of wind does push the door open slightly. This is a sign, Luke. Let's go into his house. I did not know bells could do this. <laughs> you going in? Yep. We um, should go in, and we should go straight to the dining room. Let's set the mood. Let's light some candles. Let's put my delicious potatoes down. Let's reheat them on the stove. Make it an experience. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So you walk into the Scrooge Manor. Uh, a few things you're going to notice right away. Um, there's a large staircase in the very, very entrance when you come right in. Um, it leads up to Scrooge's master bedroom. There's a long hallway beneath the staircase that goes all the way to the back of the manor. Um, there are two doors to your left and to your right. To your left, kind of like an open door. It looks kitcheny in there. But to your right is a closed door with a sign on it that says, that used to say Marley, and now it's crossed out as says do not enter. Um, I still think we should just go to the kitchen and maybe uh, lure him in with the smell. Um, make lots of clinking noises. He'll be like, oh, what's that? Sure. Let's lure him in. All right. So you go to the kitchen. Uh, the kitchen has all the amenities you would expect to find in an 1840s rich dude's house. We got stoves. We've got fire <laughs> already going. We've got a really nice table. We've got the fanciest silverware you ever did see. Cabinets, there's like 10. That's more cabinets you've ever seen in your life. This is so beautiful. I, Anita who? I think I'm over her, guys. Are you romantically attracted to a kitchen? Um, I think so, Anita. I was hmm. definitely really scared to talk to you, but I feel like I grew up as a person, and um, now I see you as a friend. I, I appreciate that. And I, I apologize for interested. drooling. Um, yeah, no, I, I apologize, but now I'm drooling over this amazing kitchen. I suppose your brother has realized he's pansexual. <laughs> he was what? Pansexual? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so, Anita, how about this? Mm -hmm. Go sit in the dining room. Um, okay. Expecting a meal to come, and I think the smell of the food that, that Peter will cook will lure Scrooge Oh, down. what are you making? And um, and then and then maybe maybe um, Matthew and I can go find a, a bottle of wine in in the larder that we can 
put along with the food. Sure, and we, sure. And actually, we could put the poison into the into the wine. What do you guys think about that? Absolutely. You guys go right ahead. I'm just going to be up here buttering stuff, putting some sage, rosemary. Just just go right along. I'm, You're going right to need to roll a greed for that. I got a 12. A 12. <laughs> okay. So you got all your food going, and you also got just a shit ton of poison. Put that shit wherever you want. I am so excited, but I just can't taste it. Do not taste it, Peter. Do not <laughs> taste your savory potatoes, Peter. I just brought the potatoes with you that you already mashed. <laughs> Poor person, potatoes. Can Who I is- taste them? No, they have poison now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so we got like describe the the sense. That, like, is is the house being permeated with good aromas? Oh, it's so. Peter has, because of his successful role, has found a way to cover the shit smell of the poison. It smells like butter. It smells like rosemary. It smells like good. Um, but for some reason, no one seems to be coming downstairs. Anita, I hmm? think maybe you should go upstairs. Okay. So she kind of gets up and struts her stuff upstairs. You all wait patiently. And then you hear a loud scream. Ah! Whatever that's about. Oh, let's go investigate. So let's, let's run up the stairs and go see what's going on. Oh, what a great choice to make. So you go upstairs and uh, there is something unnerving about the stairs. The further up you go, the colder it gets. Like you're just entering a slew of cold spots. And also the further up you go, the louder and louder the sound of chains rattling gets. And then you catch up to Anita, who has now turned whatever you were imagining from earlier. All the color in her skin has vanished. She looks horrified, eyes wide open, mouth agape, and she is like stammering. It sounds like she's been in the cold for too long. And she's like, you saw something bad? I saw something real bad. I was not expecting this journey to get really fucking spooky. What did you see? I saw Jacob Marley. But he's dead. He's so fucking dead. And I saw him. He was covered in chains. He walked right through me. Like a ghost? I don't know how else to describe it. It was like he was a ghost. Where, where did he go? I went behind her. And you all spun around! <laughs> and there's Jacob Marley. Jacob Marley, as you may recall, is, is the first ghost who visits Scrooge. He's covered in chains. He looks sickly. He's weighted down by his sins. And he looks terrifying. He looks like he's actually came out of the dirt. He does not look like he did in life. He looks decrepit. He looks like he's fallen apart. It's a horrifying fucking dude. What brings you to Scrooge Manor, children? Holy fuck! <laughs> Holy fuck right now! I get that a lot. Especially recently. I am going to just use my ghostly powers here real quick. Thunder! From nowhere! It's a clear night sky, but you hear thunder, you hear chains rattling. And you hear this man screaming you, Children, leave this place. It is not safe. We are only here for Scrooge. 
So are we. We're here for Scrooge as well. Well, we I... cooked him a delicious dinner downstairs. Why? That's weird. Well, we figured he was scared and alone and sad, and so. Oh, he's scared, all right. I saw that. Marley, when was the last time you had potatoes? Well, I've been dead for five years, so I'm going to go ahead and say it was six years ago. Not that it matters. Listen, I I believe in If you're here to do something, wait, you're just cooking a dinner? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I'll lie to a ghost. Can you roll a green for me? Yep. No. I got a five. <laughs> you got a five. Okay. Jacob Marley can see through you. Like, mentally. Okay. <laughs> yes. Do not lie to me, child. You've poisoned the food. I mean, if you I want to get technical. I think that's You're a ghost. What does it matter? It matters because I personally believe Ebenezer Scrooge is on the verge of a breakthrough. Oh, fuck off. No, I will not you fuck off. <laughs> okay, what is that, guys? Oh, what's going to happen to me? I go further into hell, whatever. I'm already hearing chains for eternity. What's one more if it's a fuck to a child? M- Mr. Marley, what is, what? Your, what is your purpose here? What, what, why are you... I have come to warn my former business partner of the error of his ways and continues on the path he's on. And if I may say, if you continue on the path you're on, they're all going to go to hell. Blah, 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 Okay, Mr. Marley, blah, blah. all right. This is what's going to happen. You're going to go in to Scrooge's bedchambers Tell him there's a delicious meal waiting for him downstairs. Why would I do that? Because I have an ability to plant an idea in an NPC's head that they must feel compelled to do. I forgot about that. All right. (laughs) Okay, so you want the ghost of Jacob Marley to return upstairs to tell his former employer to go downstairs and eat the poison food. Right, because we want to kill him so we can take his money. Yeah, absolutely. I set the scene. We won't poison him if he gives our dad the day off and quits being a dick. <laughs> Wait, so, so he's not going to eat my meal or he will eat my meal because I work so Martha. hard. Martha? What are you encouraging Marley to do? I mean, I'd rather us have lots of money rather than just one day's wages. Wouldn't you? Absolutely. That's why I slaved over a hot stove. And we've come this far. <laughs> we've been through enough antics. Let's just do it. I thought I was the evil sibling. You two are. You had bad influence. Well, my purity (laughs) score has gone down. (laughs) That's true, because you are currently in league with dark forces. Matthew, I've just learned a lot from you. All right, so you're going to make a greed roll, and it has to be a 10 or higher for it to succeed with your power. But because you are in league with the dark forces, your greed goes up by one. For a total of one. Great. All right, let's, let's see what my roll is. Here we go. 13, baby. Oh, my God. Okay, okay. You know what? Sometimes you plan for an encounter and it's against violence. Sometimes the players find an easier answer. Here we go. So, Marley, overtaken by the vision of beauty that is Martha Cratchit. Actually, how, how do you convince him? Act it out for me. I just tell him straight. Like, I think he's a he's an old... Yeah, just shoot him blank? Yeah, he just... He just He's an old businessman, so he, he appreciates brevity and clarity. And so I just tell him what our plan is and what our goal is, and we c- convince him to help us. Okay. Convince me. Hit me. So 
Marley, you know the Scrooge is the worst, right? He is the worst. Like, the literal Why worst. To save my friend? There's no reason to save him. He is literally the worst. And the world would be better off if we can redistribute his wealth to all the poors in the neighborhood. Don't you agree? Hmm. Nudge, nudge. Nudge, nudge. I'm going... One moment. He vanishes for a second. He comes back. Okay, so I asked him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and God said, redistributing wealth is a good thing to do. Um, okay. Okay. I want to get to heaven. I'm currently in hell. It sucks. I will have him go downstairs and eat your food, but I beseech you, please, show some mercy on him. I think he's on the verge of the breakthrough. But isn't it better for one man to perish an entire oh, <laughs> So he vanishes back upstairs. Yeah, no, we're not going to listen to his bullshit, right? We're just going to kill him and move on with our plan. So, you all, I assume you all go back downstairs. So we're determined to kill Scrooge, right? Are we all in agreement? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Again, I slaved over a hot stove that this stupid-ass ghost turned off. I wouldn't say I'm in agreement. I do believe <laughs> in giving him, like, a pass if he gives us what we want. Matthew really came around. <laughs> but we would be really nice if Martha didn't have to marry for money. If we redistribute the wealth... She could be her own person. What, what, what about asking? Yeah. What about getting a raise for, for you, Peter, working in in, in the in the office, and for Dad? Then we could uh, have more money to. So you want to depend on me? No, we're gonna tax the rich. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're all downstairs, eagerly awaiting Ebenezer Scrooge. You hear footsteps coming down the stairs. You hear someone muttering to himself. It's not like an angry muttering. It's kind of like a muttering. And into the kitchen walks the most famous man in town. The old miser himself. The inventor of the word humbug, Ebenezer Scrooge. He's in a nightgown and a nightcap. He looks very funny. And he says, Hello. I understand that you have something for me. Are you spirits? Kind of. What? What? <laughs> Come downstairs. I'm, here. I'm looking at you. We're messengers, so we're kind of like spirits. We're here to give you a message. And I'm a girl. <laughs> That's Anita. Oh. <laughs> oh. And no, Anita's here for support. Hello. I'm also so you employ this. me, and you employ my dad. The Cratchit boys. Yes. Yes, I do. Um, I've seen your home recently, as a matter of fact. I'm sorry for what you're going through. What with your not previously mentioned but definitely existing sick brother, Tiny Tim. <laughs> you know what? We pour one out for Tiny Tim every day. Out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> um, I... Really think it's fucked up that you got my dad and I working tomorrow for um, Christmas. Like, come on, man, it's Christmas. <laughs> um, roll for. Oh God, I guess roll for charity. So what I'm asking with this roll is, can Dad and I just 
get a raise and stay home I for still Christmas? have some guaranteed roles. FYI. That you do. Okay. That you do. If I fail it, you got me, brother, right? Okay. Yep. I got a backup plan. This is going to be kind of like a one-shot situation because we're in the end. So you can roll with your charity or you can have Matthew. Okay, so with my rules. charity, I have an eight. Oh, you have an eight? Yes. Oh, that's what, it's, it's what you needed, actually. <laughs> okay, Fair great. So, with a, so you're convincing him to give you and your dad a raise. Okay. With the subtext being, or else we will kill you. <laughs> Imagine. So, Scrooge kind of like takes it in. At this point, Scrooge, you guys don't know this, but just for the player's information, he's been visited by the ghosts of past and present already. Hence why he's seen your house. That's what the ghost of Christmas present does. Um, and he just kind of like gets a little teary-eyed looking at Peter, and he looks at Matthew, and he thinks of the well-established character in this particular game, Tiny Tim. <laughs> <laughs> who everyone knows is in the Christmas Carol, and I think it's an important thing. Shut up, he's there. <laughs> and, um, with his crutch. With his crutch. He was in the story. Anyway, <laughs> and he goes, Peter, I'm going to do you so much better than giving you a raise. I'm planning to give up my shop, as a matter of fact. And Bob has been the closest thing to a friend I've had since Marley passed. And you're Bob's heir. How would you feel if I gave all of Scrooge and Marley over to you and we just call it Cratchits? Um, hey, oh, Matthew, Martha, what do we think about that? Uh, yes, let's do this. Okay, that sounds great. Um, I just gotta run downstairs real quick. <laughs> I gotta do the dishes. You're downstairs. Oh, um, I gotta this go is, do the is, dishes. This is in the kitchen. Okay, okay well, um, I gotta... You're, you're getting rid of the poison. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna go do the dishes. Thank you. Wow. Thank you so much. That's amazing. I'm gonna do your dishes. He kind of turns to Martha and goes, shouldn't you be doing the dishes? Um, well, I was too busy, busy pouring you this delicious glass of port. Would you like a glass of port? Why? <laughs> That's so generous. Wow, you decided to change your ways and suddenly people are nice to you. He drinks the port. Feels great. And he says, children, I feel like a new man. I'm going to make right by your family and all the families I've hurt every year for my entire life. I know Marley said to be visited by three ghosts, but I really think two's going to do the trick tonight. <laughs> I, I must go back to sleep. But trust me, Christmas morn, your lives will be different. He scuttles back upstairs. I have one thing to say to Scrooge. He scuttles back downstairs. <laughs> yes? I believe you, dog. You can change. But if you don't, I carry a knife. Good night. Well, now I have no way to sleep. There's a boy who's going to stab me. <laughs> he just kind of goes back upstairs and ponders that for a while. <laughs> Suddenly, <laughs> you hear the door swing open again, and a hooded figure walks in, carrying a scythe with a huge hood on. You can't see his face. You can't see nothing. And he kind of starts heading up the stairs very slowly, very Hey, dude. Ominously. Hey, dude. Stop. Hmm? Stop. Turn around. Dude. <laughs> come down. What? Just, just come down. He's chill. I, He's chill. I have a thing. No, 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 you don't. He gave me and my dad a raise. You're fine. Oh, for real? Yeah. Do you want some pork? I want to see my death. You, what? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Can you show me mine instead of Scrooge? 
Well, oh, how is, interesting. You know, it'll a, give me time to cook more potatoes. This is a bit unorthodox. I normally just come in here and I show people, like, what will happen to them if they continue on the path they're on. And you want to see that for you? Definitely. Sick. I'm not going to make you roll for that. That's too fun. Uh, so, the ghost of Christmas future uh, takes his bony hand out of his cloak and touches your forehead. And what you see, Matthew, uh, you're about 20 years old. You're on a pirate ship. <laughs> um, you're currently fighting what appears to be Confederate soldiers in the British Navy. <laughs> it's a thing in this reality. That's what happens when you change the past. Now England's involved. <laughs> and you're, you're just you're, you're sword fighting some racist a-hole. You put some quips in there. You start stabbing. But then, from your left, oh no, it's friendly fire. And then your final words are, at least I killed a racist. <laughs> oh my god. I couldn't be happier with this ending. <laughs> Uh, thanks for letting me know. Yeah, I'm down. Uh, Let's do this life. Wow, you've got 12 years left, kid. Uh, use them to the fullest, I guess. Will do. Great. Um, YOLO. Well, since I'm here and anyone else want to see the, the end of their life? Uh, I have a question. Oh, sure. Why not? I guess that's what I'm here for now. Do I beat Bobby Flay? Who? Do I beat... Bobby Flay. He takes his bony hand out and touches your forehead. And uh, you see yourself at the ripe old age of, of 87. You, you've you moved to Boston, Massachusetts. You have a lovely family. You've made a name for yourself with a chain of, of restaurants where you have this, this absolutely popularized mashed potatoes across the world. Re reinvigorated the food no one makes turkey at thanksgiving anymore the turkey population is booming everyone just gets one huge fucking potato and takes turns mashing it you made it so popular and you read the newspaper and what you see in the newspaper says bobby flay born and you think to yourself god god damn it i didn't live long enough to challenge him but then a knock on your door. It's Mrs. Flay. She's holding a baby saying, I can't do this. And she hands him to you. And you hold him in your arms. And you whisper into his blanket, You're a punk bitch, Bobby Flay. <laughs> I've beaten you. And you pass away peacefully. <laughs> oh, wow. I... I... I think I need to go run a marathon. <laughs> I need to live long enough to beat Bobby Flay. Bobby Flay sucks. Guy Fieri rules. <laughs> Forever. Well, um, anyone else? No, thanks. Martha. Okay, fine. Martha. How do I die? Here I go, touching your forehead. Ding. So he puts his little bony hand on your forehead. And uh, Martha, you're 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 59. You're, you still live at your parents' house, but it's your house now. You you you've remodeled it. Um, your wife has, has become the first lawyer ever in uh, in London history. Is her um, name Anita? Her I name have to know. Certainly is Anita. <laughs> um, She's become the first woman. Go Martha. She's become the first woman lawyer in all of English history. She's currently working on a case, and she comes downstairs and says, "Darling, I think we need to sue the king for, for, for all the money he's taken from everyone forever." 
and the news excites you so much, you pass out and never wake up. What you, but, the, the, but this, he also shows you two years in the future of Anita successfully defeating the king in court and the judge bangs his gavel and says, all right, the Martha Cratchit law is now enforced. Anita's oh. the king. Oh, <laughs> that's so beautiful. So I, after hearing this, I look over to Anita, give her a wink. Ting. Anita like puts two of her fingers up to her mouth and does like a little like licking motion. <laughs> She's done the subtlety, and she's had a little bit of that that wine we were offering. Martha's into it. <laughs> For and the first time, she experiences yep. the long-forgotten wetness. <laughs> Death kind of shrugs and goes, "Well, this is the weirdest day of my life. I'm out of here." <laughs> Bye. Bye, Bye Death. Bye. Bye, kids. Have fun with whatever happens to you, I guess. <laughs> so, guys. So we saved the day. You save the, the day. day. And I die killing a racist, so <laughs> fuck yeah. Scrooge is, is asleep. Do you guys want to take these potatoes home? The poison ones? No, no, no. Those are down the drain. Oh, yeah. Let's take the real potatoes home. And Let, eat let's that bring all this home, food home for a big feast. Cratchit you, style. You hear the clock chime. It's 5 a.m. You have to hurry home. Run, 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 run. Okay, you're there. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Bob Cratchit comes downstairs. And, um, you know, he looks tired. He looks sad. He sees the three of you. He sees Anita. What about Tiny Tim? Tiny Tim is on Bob's back, just like in that famous painting. I have to take Tim to work. He's had a deathly cough, and I can't leave him home. He'll die of cold. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't go get dead. I will, yeah. <laughs> it's a like. But then a knock on your door. It's Scrooge. He's carrying... Three things. One, a huge fucking sack. Shut up. <laughs> I, I see what you're thinking. No, okay, like a burlap sack. Two, he's holding what appears to be a deed, a little document. And three, he's holding a Christmas wreath on the same arm as the deed, obviously. He says, Bob, I've done some thinking. I know I said you have to work on Christmas, and that's still true. <gasps> but it's because I'm giving you the business. <laughs> the business? Yes, I'm very old. I saw two ghosts. One less than I was expecting, but I saw them. And I met your wonderful children. You what? Don't ask questions. The point is, uh, Marley and Scrooge is yours. Do with it what you will. Your, my, my, the fortune that company brings you, however ill-gained it is, is yours now. I also bought you a huge goose. A real goose, not one of those pigeon geese that's popular around town. And I got you a Christmas wreath. It looks so cute. It's got a little bunny on it. <laughs> a bunny? A, a little, little stuffed bunny. Hmm. For Christmas. Bob takes the wreath. He takes the deed. He starts crying. He looks at you three and goes, What did you do last night? Made mashed potatoes. <laughs> and Tiny Tim... There's a backflip off of Bob, lands on his feet. He's cured of the magic of Christmas and generosity and says, I hope we all saw how doing traditionally evil things can lead to a good outcome. I and the curtain falls. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Guys, I think we did a really good job. Somehow, through all the most corrupt actions you could, you had a change of heart at the last minute and saved Christmas. Thank you, DM. Congratulations. <laughs> Everyone, that's God bless us, everyone. 
God Blesses Everyone was written by me, Grant Nordine and Jenny Nordine. And it's going to be um, available online for you to download for free. Or if you're feeling generous like our three players did today with Scrooge, you can also donate what you want to the game and it will be donated to a local charity in honor of the spirit to help people like the Cratchits. Thank you so much for listening and thank you all for playing. Yay. Woo. Woo. Woo, woo.